Welcome to the Sports Class with Justin and Jamal. The Sports Class with Justin and Jamal coming at you live from Little Owl Studios on Thursday, April 20th. The kids call it 420, episode 10 of the Sports Class. No one said we'd make it past four reps, Jamal Cox, but here we are staring down the barrel at double digits. How you feeling? I'm celebrating, man. It's great. I'm feeling real good. Let's celebrate while we still can. Now, uh, it's 420, and we do hope if you're out there in uh, in the gloss world, if if a little bit of the electric lettuce helps you process and enjoy the sports gloss a little bit more as, as you hear this on the weekend or the next couple of days, God, we certainly support that here in Little Owl Studios. Smoke them if you got them. <laughs> we got NBA action on in the corner pocket here. We got... The Kings v. Dubs from the Chase Center in downtown San Francisco, your old stomping grounds. We'll flip it over in a minute to Clips uh, versus Suns. KD and the Suns, Monty Williams doing the damn thing. But it was a let's first start. It was a big day yesterday, JC. <laughs> your birthday. Yeah. Pascal Siakam year, as you mentioned in the previous app. How'd your day go yesterday? We we got some po- really positive feedback on some of our birthday conversation. Flying squirrel, kids going crazy, <laughs> uh, us all aging halfway down the track. Tell me about your day yesterday, please, sir. Oh, appreciate it. It was a good day. Um, just normal, chill work day. Then afterwards, we had established... Oh, you worked on your birthday? I did. I did. I don't take a birthday week. I actually just worked through my birthday. Appreciate that. Yeah. So gotta, does your employer. <laughs> it's got to stay on that grind, man. Yeah. Um, so we, Julie and I said, hey, let's go out. Let's go do something. She says, where do you want to eat? Initially, I was thinking, oh, it'd be sweet. I'd love to go to Sherwood, which is one of my favorite haunts. They got like a tennis theme vibe. It's in and around Douglas Street. Nice little apps and tasty uh, cocktails. Tasty cocktails for sure, for sure. And then we were just really reassessing things and thought, we need a, a kid-friendly situation. Mm. Let's really just hone in on something that's going to be conducive to a good time and low maintenance. Yes. So we ended up going to a nice little neighborhood pub, you know, walked up there, went to the pub, and didn't have a reservation because I didn't think it would need a reservation on Wednesday at 5.30, 6 o'clock. And little did I know that the the senior brigade of Victoria, all the seniors really were just rendezvousing at the spot. There was a cool moment where it was a really nice guy. The white tops were in the house. The white tops (laughs) were in the house. They were in the house with full force. And they do not relinquish seats. They felt like, hey, we're entitled. We've been here. Mm -hmm. We made reservations. We thought ahead. We're going to, you know, buckle down and hold these seats firm. So there was it was it was busy at this spot, and there was one really nice gentleman who was like, you know, you could sit here. He was sitting at like a like a small tabletop by himself. I was like, you know what? I appreciate you offering, sir. Like, continue reading the Times columnist. Do your thing. Mm-hmm. Have your post work beer. Enjoy. So there was a moment where we almost <laughs> turned the bus around and went back home because it was a, a situation. Where it was like sit outside, and the weather was eh, touch and go. You know. It was, it was warm in the sun, not warm if you're out in the shade. So anyway, we we assessed, decided we're going to stay. And luckily, thank God, 
we had some of those heaters. So we sat on some heaters, sat outside, and yeah, we, we got there, had a good time. Food was okay. Food was okay. Now we talked about this today on the phone. Is it is that where we're at in 2023? If you're going out for a nice meal with your family on a special day for you like yesterday or just a, a day where the partner in the relationship, either partner in the relationship doesn't want to cook and, you know, yeah. we need to get out. Is it just to be expected now <laughs> that the food is substandard? Is that just the expectation in 2023? Not only in our fair city, but anyone out there listening to, is that just where it's at? We're in peak midi- uh, mediocrity, I feel like, in a lot of those situations mm-hmm. where I think a lot of times they're short-staffed or the price of things has gone up dramatically over the past couple <laughs> years. Cough, cough. <laughs> so it was a situation where, you know, we were getting just kind of basic, sp- it was pub food. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, my kids. Elevated pub grub. Yeah, exactly. I remember one time you and I went out and I was, we went out to a certain place that you like to frequent and mm-hmm. I was just like, hey, like, what's what's good here he's like eh, it's pub food and i was like what about this thing eh, it's fine what about that thing it's fine and then i got something that you didn't recommend and you asked me how it was it's fine yeah it's fine and that's the vibe i agree like it's just kind of the standard now my bar i need to lower a bit i mean there are the few go-to spots where you're just like okay this is top fine dining or whatever or these are these are ticking my boxes but i think a lot of places i gotta lower my expectations i had different expectations last night even though it was pub grub and lovely waitress lovely help I had some good cocktails the food was left me wanting a little bit mm. honestly what now uh, what was the birthday cocktail of choice for you at 43 i went with uh some kind of like a play on a margarita hmm. it was a uh, had some grapefruit juice it was like a very tart sour drink like a paloma or something yeah the, in that in that space for sure and then i had one of those and then i had a actually i had a cronenberg too which is i love a cronenberg blanc it's just great really nice it wasn't super warm but on a warm day it's really refreshing if you don't know it's kind of in that like i guess the more uh, like blue moon kind of flavoring if you will but um goes well with an orange slice exactly but it was really good drinks were were hitting it was great but um did your kids eat <laughs> Did they eat the food that you ordered for them? Did tell, they eat it? I'll tell you. I, all right. Ordered classic kid fare. Chicken tenders and fries. Tendies and fries. Tendies and fries. And grilled cheese and fries for the respective kids. Mm-hmm. Nico played around with his food a little bit, but he, he ate most of his chicken tenders and fries for the most part. Okay. Dante okay. had the grilled cheese and fries. I ate the grilled cheese and fries for lunch today. That's that's how that went. That's how that went. Right on brand for Dante. Dante left hungry. He came home to a bowl of vector and a little bit of a uh, little bit of verbal uh, reckoning when he got home. Like for you sure. got to eat the food when we go out. Yeah, for I say sure. I say delicately and respectfully. No, it's fine. They they don't understand the concept of money and wasted money. Right, something right. Now that I'm familiar <laughs> with. So, so yeah, they came home and and they they wanted to go to their staples and have some some cereal and things, which they did, and it was fine. But you know, I was just kind of going through it, and and also I've just, you know what, Justin, I'm just really convinced now. My kids are always hangry. Mm. It's I'm it's. I've come to that conclusion. When they get moody, what I was saying, I'm trying to give them food, whether it be 
grilled cheeses, other things that are in their wheelhouse. And they don't want to have anything to do with it. Yeah. And then their mood declines and they're just like, oh, I get it. You guys are just hangry all the time because you refuse to eat food. Do you have this experience ever? I, my kids don't stop eating. They never stop. I, in <laughs> fact, I'm encountering the opposite problem. Like I can relate to what you're saying, but my three kids do not stop eating. They are constantly emptying the fridge. I'll do a big shop, big shop. <laughs> a couple days later, I open the fridge door. Where'll the fracking food go? Where'd it go? Why is the crisper empty? About four cucumbers. Where they all go? Four. Yeah, you little critters. <laughs> Zadie will knock someone down for some queso. I've seen evidence. <laughs> she got. You're goddamn right. She will. She'll push a body for some queso. <laughs> uh, let's just stay. Let's just stay in the kid theme. Talk to me about. Now we we're just talking about Dante and his lack of interest in the the grilled cheese and fries. Yep. He had a tennis tournament on the weekend. Can you give me a taste of that, please? Yeah, I'd love to. I teased it on Instagram. If you follow us, the sports class on Instagram, check it out. Basically, he had a two-hour, roughly, tournament on Sunday. And I'm just thinking, okay, this is going to be a lot of kids that are within his uh, tennis class that are going to come. It's going to be very casual. It's a nice way to introduce them to a little bit of competition, but in a healthy way. Sure. Right? Sure. So I come with the low expectations and also just kind of second second <laughs> lowered expectations if you remember mad tv go on <laughs> everything in my life is mid now um <laughs> so yeah we we just went in and and we we actually went and hit a little bit the morning of and i tried to tune up a, a few little things with his strokes but really you know He's an eight-year-old kid that I just wanted to get out there and have some fun, maybe meet some new hitting partners, have like a nice little experience, have some fun. And we get there and that quickly realizes I'm walking up to the tennis bubble at Oak Bay Rec that there's a, a guy outside drilling his daughter who's mm. tiny. She doesn't look very old, but he's he's doing certain things that I'm I would do for a warm-up in a tournament. And also I'm just looking at her strokes and immediately I start texting my like tennis friends. I was like, this is going to be interesting. Ooh. So we get in there, we get it all set up and everything. And Dante draws this kid and he's a little bit older. And Dante doesn't have even like the concept of like how to serve and, and things like that. Like in tennis, if you don't know, you serve kind of a cross court and you've got to serve within a certain area, a service box. So I'm trying to be... He's eight. For he's, God's sakes, he's eight. <laughs> they haven't taught him this in class. We haven't spent a lot of time on this just at home. And yeah, so things get real. And it's one of those things where I'm sitting a few feet away on the bleachers and I'm watching and I'm trying to like, I, I'm actually thinking about our conversation on the sports class and I'm thinking, don't be that dad. Don't be mad, dad. So I'm just sitting there and I'm just kind of like, everything's fine. I'm just going to put my hands in my lap and just watch and like, just be, just be grateful for the moment. Show some gratitude. The kid he's playing is a fucking killer. <laughs> this kid is so good. He beats Dante 10 to one. They're playing tie breaks, like super tie breaks to 10, just like 10 minute games. Yes. He didn't even need the 10 minutes. JK, ah, this kid asshole. demolished my kid. He's a lefty. We love a lefty. We love a lefty. This kid's a lefty. His dad's sitting nearby. After he just annihilates my child, I go over to the dad. I was just like, 
oh, like, well played. And he just kind of gives me this knowing, like, mm hmm. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. Wow. Okay. Wow. Also, the kid's just wearing this shirt that's like a like a Vancouver Stanley Park tournament shirt. So I was like, oh, this kid's like, he's this isn't his first rodeo. Yeah. And uh, the kid goes on to win the tournament, so I felt less bad. Sure. But um, I, I was uh, present when the kid was playing his second opponent, who was this uh, pretty solid kid. I should mention, too, the kid came from, I believe, Salt Spring. So that also was one of the things I was like, wait, wait, wait. People were taking ferry trips to this? People getting on boats, planes, trains, and automobiles to get to this tournament. They're leaving the Ganges. <laughs> They're leaving the Ganges. So he plays this kid that's come from Mission, BC. Justin, where's Mission, BC? Uh, our outside of Vancouver, east of Vancouver. So you're talking... I don't think I've ever been to Mission, BC. I just know it probably longer, like further away than I realize. We're on a mission to figure out where Mission is right now. No kidding. Efforting. But... The kids probably had to go four or five hours to get here. He comes, he plays this kid who killed my kid, and God bless the kid. He's he's crying afterwards, and he played well, and his parents are consoling him, and this just kind of drew a line in the sand for me where I was just thinking, I was kind of coming into this all with this kind of chill dad vibe, chill, low expectations, maybe Dante gets a few points here and there or whatever. And there were some intense tennis parents there. And we're talking about a U10, under 10 tournament. And Dante plays another kid. This girl that I saw warming up outside, um, she she beats him. She's six, like almost seven years old. I was talking to her mom. They made a trip from Nanaimo. And she's just saying, the mom's saying, there's no competition in Nanaimo. This kid's Mm. in like an academy or something. She's got amazing strokes. She looks great. And it's just, I'm just kind of like, what is, what have we gotten ourselves, got ourselves into? This is just so. This so, is the real deal. This is a real deal. I just thought it was going to be like, kind of show up, get a certificate and a water bottle, go home. Everybody's got happy feelings. This is a six minute drive from where we currently are in Little All Studios. And these people are traveling on the aforementioned ferries from Salt Spring Island. And I just want to shout out to Weston Lake, one of my favorite spots on Salt Spring Island. And Nanaimo and Mission BC. Holy sugar. Yeah, that's why, I mean, I get it. That kid, he's five hours, four hours, whatever, to get here on a Sunday afternoon, and he lost his first match or whatever, and he's upset, and he's, you know, crying, his parents are consoling him, but at the same time, I'm like, we're not, this isn't this kind of a tournament. Like, these kids are all under 10. Yeah. And anyway. you Let's stress that a little bit. We're talking U10 here. We've got a little bit of pushback from some of our listeners about as we've talked about being uh, sporting parents and they have older kids and sort of you guys don't know when when your kids get a little bit older maybe you'll understand how the intensity ratchets up but again as you just said we're talking under king 10 yeah it's all puppy dogs and ice cream for me i'm just happy to show up Mm -hmm. at this point and just get some experience but there are people that are in it to win it which is kind of wild to me so it was interesting. He played another match. He won that match. It's against a local kid. We know it was all really fun. Lovely. I know the dad. It was totally great vibes. Kind of bonded with a few of the other parents, chatted with a few people. But it was interesting just seeing the final. I watched up close the final match between the two dads and just catching their energy. And the one dad was talking to a coach about like, oh, my kid needs to work on his serve and do all this stuff. Just so, so far from detached from from where I'm at. Like when I was their age, when I start playing tennis, I'm, I'm a bit of an autodidact. Like I had like taught myself how to play. So I wasn't mm-hmm. into all of this, like lessons and stuff. And it was just a really interesting moment where you could see 
just to be frank, like the divide and like money that people are invested in their kids at a certain age, money to get on the ferry, money to come here, money to take private lessons, money to do all that stuff. Yeah. And also to specialize. I could tell that these kids were specializing in tennis at a very early age and that was going to be their meal ticket, which was another, frankly, just for me, not my MO. That's really interesting at the uh, at the local your favorite recreation center. This is all happening right there. A yeah. confluence of events and outsiders coming in, and it's it's all happening. It's all happening. At the end of the day, he was happy. He'll do another tournament again. I think there's nice. one in June. We'll do it again. We'll probably see some of those same faces. I'll have different expectations. Good to get the reps up too. A little tournament vibe. Yeah, it feels a little bit different than just the lessons or playing with dad or playing with friends. And yeah, and exactly. Like we went out a, a day or so later. Uh, weather was nice earlier in the week, and I just went out. I was like, remember we saw this, and we were just drilling mm-hmm. and doing a little bit of stuff, and it kind of actually like created a little bit of hunger for me to kind of get in line for me and to kind of step it up and give them some more attention, my kids, and, and work with them on a few things. And I don't have these uh, delusions of grandeur. Thank you. Of them being the next, you know, uh, Serena Williams, Venus Williams. Your boy Alcaraz. Alcaraz. I think that ship sailed. It's fine. Whatever. How can it sail? We're under 10. <laughs> well, you should have seen the fucking... You go full King Richard for the next 10 years. <laughs> you should have seen these killers on the court. That ship sailed, dog. God damn. But yeah, anyway, jokes aside, I mean, as long as they have fun and they show a passion for it, then yeah, we can get into it. I'm happy to, to toil away and, and put in the long hours, but at the same time, I'm, I, I want to keep it fun. And yeah, yeah, it was seeing that kid cry after losing his first match was tough. It was tough. Yeah. Yeah, it is tough. That is. <laughs> uh, let's stay with you and your family while we ride this train. What did you and your other child, the other son, do on Saturday? Now, we briefly mm-hmm. ran into each other on Saturday just by happenstance, <laughs> which is amazing. I love that. I A love conflu- that. confluence of events that we ran into each other. Lovely to see you. You had you just described your time with your oldest, Dante, in the tennis tournament. Give me a little taste of your time with Nico on Saturday, please. Yeah, man. Birthday season, full effect. Birthday as we have. season. Birthday season. So I dropped off Dante at... Uh, a, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Um, got an email from Flying Squirrel on <laughs> Wednesday or Tuesday. Uh, Flying Squirrel has decided not to sponsor the pod. Oh, damn. I reached out. It didn't go over well. <laughs> sorry to interrupt. I think when you refer to their place as a hellscape and Thunderdome, <laughs> they're not probably going to follow up with a well, kind letter. I said what I said. <laughs> A cease and desist order is what they sent you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so I drop off Dante, and uh, we were uh, on our way. Nico and I were like, "Hey, let's just have like basically a date because Dante is rolling solo." Uh, Pull up. Sorry, Dante had a birthday party. (laughs) Birthday party. Thank you. Of course he did. Yeah, we all have birthday parties. I'm booked up this weekend, by the way. (laughs) Not only your birthday party, I got a couple other kids' birthday parties on the docket. I'm double dipping Saturday. My birthday party and a kid birthday party. So there you you go. Boom. Birthday season, full effect. (laughs) So yeah, we pulled up the stop sign. Then I saw you running down the street like a maniac. Pulled over the car. We rendezvoused. We talked a little bit. It was great. It was great. Yeah. It was always nice. Uh, it's always nice running to you by chance. So 
after that, Nico and I had plans to go have some lunch and then go to the Super Mario Brothers movie. Mm. So really excited about that. Uh, we parked downtown, uh, View Street Parkade, if you know. And then we hop over to Toro Sushi that's right there. Don't know Toro Sushi. It's good. It's decent. Like right there on, on the I love Jamal's restaurant review here, reviews here. This is nice. Yeah. Just keep it going. How was Toro Sushi? <laughs> it Let's... was actually really good. Okay. I love a I love a sushi spot that does a bento box. Mm. That's my personal preference. Okay. I get a little taste of everything. A melange. Mm. Just, I love it. So, went in there. And it's good like, value? Did you feel like it was good value? It was good value, yes. I, I was happy with the whole That's experience. That's a win. I will say, though, it was one of those things where we had purchased the tickets online ahead, as you do in these days. And we were a couple blocks from the theater right there at Capital Six. And I was just thinking, okay, let's, uh, we're cutting it short for time here, but let's see if we can get in the sushi. As soon as I pull up to the spot and walk out, it's like, please uh, excuse us. We're like short staffed. I was like, uh oh. It's tight. I was like, is this going to be tight? So sit down, and I know what he wants. He wants to roll with his uh, usual California roll. Nico is more adventurous. I talk about Dante won't even eat a a grilled cheese if it's not made by these hands or my wife's hands. But Nico is, he will venture out and into the worlds of of exotic dishes, so to speak. I mean, a California roll, we're not really pushing it here, but you get it. Let's give it to him. Let's give it to him. It's not uni, but it is what it is. So... Um, we order our food. I get a bento box, and we're eating as fast as we can. But at the same time, he's just saying, "How much time is the movie? When's the movie gonna start? When's the movie gonna start?" But you know, we we got through it. He tasted some things. Um, <laughs> he didn't finish his sushi, even though it was really good. And you know, me being someone who doesn't want to flush money down the toilet, ask for a box, get the box. We have to get to the the get to the movie theater. But also, I have this box, but I'm not, and it's a box that's sizable, so I can't walk it in the movie theater with this box and try to pull it off. I can't stuff it in my coat. I was going to say, can you put it in your pocket? Or like in your... <laughs> no, not happening. So we literally run up. We were parked on the second deck, second floor or whatever. So we literally, like, I just make a game out of it mm. and, like, run up, stash the sushi in the car, run up, run across, get there, get the 3D glasses, uh, get to the movie theater, get our seats. Sorry, you said get the 3D glasses? Yeah, man. I just want to make sure I caught that. Please carry on. 3D. 3D. Super Mario's in 3D. <laughs> yep, 3D. So we get there. We get in right as the um, trailers are ending. Perfect. It was perfect. Perfect. I mean, he's he feels slighted because he's like, he doesn't get to see the the trailer or whatever but i'm just like i'm just happy that we hasn't we haven't missed any of the movie and i'm all in i'm a i'm super mario brothers peak nostalgia i had the game Mm -hmm. in 86 or whatever nintendo all the way still play mario kart occasionally on the wii still play uh super mario bros on the wii and stuff like that so my kids play with the lego so we're 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 bought in and um movie was really enjoyable it was great like just in a word, like really a lot of fun. Um, Jack Black was great as Bowser. We've been bumping that Peaches song around the house. Okay, if you know, I don't know. You know. I don't, but I like it. And it was just really a fun movie. Uh, I mean, it is four twenty today. That strikes me as a as a movie that <laughs> would, was, would work in the four twenty um, context. It would. I was operating a vehicle, so I was. No, of I course. Was, uh, oh, of course. Sober, fresh, and clean. Uh, 
But uh, I will say the visuals, especially with those 3D goggles, yeah, would it... be nice if you're under the influence of substances. I'm sure. Now, it was just you and Nico at, at the aforementioned sushi and movie and sort of nice to, and I've experienced this obviously with my kids too, it is kind of nice to just have a little bit of one-on-one time, a little alone time, that sort of connective tissue, that bond, you can really sort of spread your wings when it's just you and him or her or they i agree so much and that's a great call out we usually nico's a mama's boy i just want to say that and get that out there just kind of set that foundation so he usually gravitates to being with julia but and when we do get some time together it's really cool because i'm i know for me i'll just acknowledge it i'm way more present Mm. way more intentional i'm spending time focused solely on him Mm -hmm. And I think he gravitates towards that, and that really resonates with him. And you can sure. see it. Like, we were having just jokes and, like, fun conversation during the movie. I'm leaning over and, like, checking on him, like, parts that may be, like, a little scary or whatever, or just, like, just kind of touching base. And, and it was great. And I could tell afterwards we were just chatting in the car ride home, and he's like, oh, I really like this. I really like that. And it was really fun for him because often, being the younger kid, I think he's in the shadow of his brother. And often as well, Dante will speak on his behalf and kind of, you know, do or say things and not really let him have that space to express himself. Mm-hmm. So for me and him to kind of just vibe and just connect on that that way for a few hours on an afternoon, do something I know I wouldn't do with Dante with like eating the sushi, things like that. It was really cool. And it was one of those things that was like a reminder to me that I forget in the just hecticness of life that hey, got to draw out a little bit of time to isolate and spend time with the kids in individual spaces. And yeah. it really can create a, a deeper, further bond. If it was the three or four of you together in that movie, obviously it would have been a wonderful time. But I think it's pretty cool that you're able to realize that it was just the two of you in that moment for those reasons. And and you both had a great time. Like I think you're right. That, that isolation, there's no interference. If Dante was there, if your older child was there, it still would have been excellent. But without that, you're able to kind of get into some other areas that you don't really realize until you get there. That's very relatable to me. Do you, Have you had those experiences? I know it's different for you having three, having Zadie being such a young age, but have you had those connections? I know that you've alluded to in the, in the past, you, your, your walk home with Quincy after basketball is always special, but like, are there other moments that stand out for you? Actually, JC, what stands out to me, just to take it back to my childhood a little bit, as opposed to being a father, but like my parents were split when I was young. So I would spend a week with my mom and then I'd spend a week with my dad, right? I was an only child. So I I just had one-on-one parenting my whole way. I didn't really know anything else. Yeah. So... I think that I can, like, that was really, I really liked that. I was much more closer with my dad than I was with with my mom, both both wonderful people. But I think that, in a sense, that really worked for me. And I can think about that now as I I now have three kids, which is crazy, which is crazy. (laughs) Yeah. But I do realize I love all the time together, but I do try to carve out as best I can, carve out a little bit of time, minus crazy Zebo try and carve out that time individually because I think it's so important. And, and that's what I'm used to. Like that's, yeah. I didn't have any brothers or sisters in the house. 
And so I, I don't really have any context for that that I can pull up from my childhood. So I'm, I'm really conscious of that being the proud father of three that I like, I need to also, I need to play man to man defense as well as zone. <laughs> that resonates with me too. I'm, I was raised an only child as well. So totally understand that, like having so many times where I'm just with my dad playing a sport or doing something else or just like going to a movie like we just talked about or going, I would love, I love shopping. I would like go to my mom, go shopping. I always remember back to school was a big deal. Like we sure. would just go spend a whole day sure. getting stuff for like back to school. Like those Easy times. with one. Yeah. Tough with two. Yep. Irrationally hard with three. <laughs> or more if you're that kind of crazy person. I trust your judgment. Yeah. You should. <laughs> Let's do Q&A with J&J. Q&A with J&J brought to you by... Mediocre Pubs. You've been toiling away, working hard for your dollars and cents, and you just think, I want to go out and get something to eat. I want to have a drink. I don't feel like cooking tonight. And then you go to a pub, and everything is mediocre. And you wonder, what is this life? Why am I spending my time doing this? And that'll be seventy two twenty seven. Good lord, that's a lot of money. Tip your server. I know it wasn't great, and you're probably still hungry. But see you later, loser. <laughs> so the Q and A and JJ this week. We've been talking about four twenty. JK, what are some of your favorite stoner films and just songs in that four twenty space? <laughs> There is a real, really clear leader in the clubhouse for me, Jamal. And it's something actually you and I connected on early, early in our relationship before we really got to know each other as well as we do now. But for me, it's Half-Baked, the Dave Chappelle classic. The classic. I mean... The GOAT. It is the GOAT. I want to talk to Samson. Fuck you, fuck you, (laughs) fuck you. You're a cool piece. I'm out of here. I still say all the lines all the time i don't care if the other person doesn't receive them <laughs> i'm gonna say this sometimes um i want to talk to samson abizaba you my only friend to me that's like up here M- musically like on the radio today when i was working i was listening you know it's all the classics it's the bob marley wonderful what else we got jc i mean every all music's great if you've (laughs) if you've imbibed um cypress hill was what i was thinking of yep yeah snoop dog snoop dog whatever your flavor is whatever your flavor is it's all there uh what about you movies songs music that jumps to mind on uh on the date that is 420 well you you started it with half baked and that's just so good i was just thinking like that line that is my quit fantasy, by the way. Like I've had so many times where I'm working, like maybe like a shitty job, and I've just wanted to look quit around. Quit fantasy, I got it. And just be like, "Fuck you, fuck you, all the time. You're cool. Fuck you, I'm out." Yeah. Like that is. There's so many times in my life where I've just had like a a vision of of just spilling it out and just saying, "Burn that fucking bridge. I'm done with this shit." Obviously, I've not done that, but um, half baked. There's so many moments in there. That's great. Another one for me is Friday. Oh! <laughs> you ain't got no job and you ain't got shit to do. <laughs> puff, puff, pass. Puff, puff, pass. Yeah, Fuck up the rotation. Great flick. Oh, so good. Good, great, great stone. How'd you flick. get fired on your day off? 
<laughs> you got knocked the fuck out. Chris Tucker, a great so Chris good. Tucker role. Chris Tucker, we were talking about the Nike movie in the last ep with yeah. Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Chris Tucker, a big part of that movie. Ben Affleck really wanted Chris Tucker in that movie. Oh, and rightfully so. Chris Tucker, that evolution of his career has been so interesting. Yeah, he's it's had been, a ride. The Fifth Element with Bruce Willis. so good. It's so good. It's that's, so odd. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one you might want to watch under the impaired, yes, impaired yes. vision. But um, yeah, he's uh, Chris Tucker is great. Ice yeah. Cube is so great. The the scene where he's eating the cereal out of the huge yellow bowl with like the yeah. huge spoon, yeah. like just the ridiculous. His dad's the in there. dad, yeah. Uh, Debo, like I mean, every time I like Debo Samuel, you know, the football player, I just think about Debo, Debo, uh, Tiny Lester from the movie. We talked about Demar Derozan in the last ep and his daughter, sh- his her shrill shrieks during the game in Toronto, the playing game in Toronto, right? Uh, Demar Derozan's nickname when he was in Toronto was Debo. He's a Compton guy. Friday, yeah. the movie takes place in Compton, and he's sort of got sort of lull dulcet, dulcet not too um, animated tones yeah. and, and that was that's DeMar DeRozan's nickname is Debo like oh shit here comes you oh you know like <laughs> kind of flat line I love it I love it it's so good a couple other ones I'll hit I've, I've uh, sang my praises about Days of Confused before but I mean Slater he's so good in there like totally spot on with the 420 holiday if you will and then Matthew McConaughey's character is totally a stoner. Like they don't really get out in front and say it, but I mean it's obvious. Um, super bad. You cool, man. You cool. You man? cool, man. I, like smoke weed and stuff. Okay. <laughs> Such a great live from Slater. Another Ben Affleck joint. Yeah, Ben Affleck. We talked about like just. Oh my god. Let's get him on the pod. Let's get him on the pod. We're working on it. Super bad's great. Big Lebowski's great. Little Jim, if you don't know this one, if you have the time, if you can find it, Smiley Face. Smiley Face. Not familiar. Anna Ferris. Early Anna Ferris. John Krasinski is in there. Uh, Adam Brody, one of my faves, is in there as well. Adrian Brody? No, not Adrian. Adam. Oh, Adam from yeah. <laughs> Apologies. Adrian's a little bit more serious. Than yeah, Adam. yeah. That's what I'm with you. But uh, basically, the premise is uh, we've all been there in this scenario. I think you mistakenly eat some pot brownies. We have all been there. <laughs> Hopefully, Saturday night at your birthday party. <laughs> So uh, basically, Anna Ferris's character, um, she's brownies that her roommate or someone has left around and doesn't realize until she realizes that yeah, before she's, it's too late. It's too late, and then the world just opens up for her, and it's it's a fun ride. Cool. It's a really funny indie film. The smiley face. Yeah, smiley face. So check that out if you haven't seen that. Highly recommended. Let's enjoy those going into the weekend, JC. Yeah. And with that. Let's take a break. Let's take a break. Welcome back to the Sports Gloss. It's that time of year, one of my favorite times, NBA playoffs in full swing. JK, lots going on. I want to get into the Sacramento-Golden State Warriors series first. The most interesting series in the first round. Just an absolute wrestling match. (laughs) An absolute wrestling match. I love it. Draymond, Jordan Poole, the Splash Bros, our favorite. 
the Sacto Kings. A lot of moving parts. Darren Fox, the Mike Brown and Steve Kerr of it all. Yes. Lots going on in that series. That's must-see TV to me, JC. That series is in the NHL, NBA first rounds. I'm watching as much of that as possible. I'm with you. And breaking news right now as we record this, uh, Golden State just took game three. So the series is at 2-1 Sacramento. And just a quick recap of, of everything. You talked about Draymond. We alluded to that earlier. It's been a wild series. And Draymond got ejected from the game two turned full wrestling heel at mm-hmm. one point. If you don't know, uh, things kind of really kind of crescendoed when Draymond kind of got mixed up with Sabonis. Sabonis grabbed his leg. Which he, they're both apt to do, to get tangled. They get tangled, yeah. The motions were high. Draymond just stomps on him. They go to review. <laughs> Meanwhile... A, a while, theatrical stomp. It was a theatrical stomp. And we'll talk about what he said yeah. later. Uh, sorry, say what he said in the presser later. But he stomps, and meanwhile, while they're doing the review, as now they review everything in the league, and the camera, of course, there's cameras everywhere, they catch Draymond in it with Sacramento fans. Who this, if you haven't seen this series, the Sacramento fans, this is, at this point, I mean, I had a buddy that said, this, this shit looked like Malice in the Palace was about mm-hmm. to pop off. Mm-hmm. Sa- Sacramento fans were just... Ron, Ron. Were going crazy. Mm-hmm. And Draymond's on camera mouthing, you're a pussy. <laughs> Which is again to the paying public. To the paying public. Oh. It's it's it was wild. And then he promptly gets ejected. Uh as he gets ejected, you could just see like Steve Kerr, like the body language of the Golden State Warriors bench. People are just kind of like, here we go again. Yeah, a little he, bit deflated. Yeah, he slaps a couple of high fives and gets out of there. And I should say as well, be remiss to say, like, this was a, a game. This was, a, what, game? Uh, it was really close. I can't remember the score. It was but tight. this is a pivotal point uh-huh. of the game. And Draymond gets the boot. And then the Warriors have to just kind of, you know, reassemble and try to get through this game. And they end up falling to Sacramento. Subsequently, Draymond gets suspended for game three tonight. Seems like it didn't really matter. They go back to Golden State, go back dubs to San win, dubs, dubs win, dubs win. But it's just an interesting plot line in the in the Draymond of it all. What what are your thoughts about this kind of this arc of, of Draymond? Before I get to Draymond, I just want to give credit to the the Sacramento Kings fans in the in the Golden Center. I think the the building's got some uh, naming rights associated with Golden Corral, which is a <laughs> sort of a sort of a breakfast oh, buffet. I know, I know about Golden in the Corral. United States. Oh yeah, I don't think I've been there in my travels south of the border, um, but I think it's called the Golden Center. But I just love the vibrancy and the energy inside of the um, of the Golden Center there. Those first two games, the Sacramento Kings haven't been in the playoffs since 2007. Yeah, and that barn was absolutely electric. There's they a lot crazy. of pent up frustration, and so there should be. That's a long ass time. In the last app I mentioned. Vladi Divac and Bobby Jackson and Mike Bibby and uh, Lawrence Funderburk. Oh, yes. We love and, a lefty. And, nice. And it was so cool to see them back. I, you, you could just sense their passion and they were involved and maybe screaming at Draymond to sort of egg him on to get the punt. I mean, 
I think that really speaks to it. But that environment, at least through my TV, was really creeping through. I don't understand the light, the beam. Like, I missed that clip. Is it a 420 reference? I, it might be. It might be light, the beam. It might be. I don't. Maybe Vivek, the owner, has something to do with that. I don't quite grasp that. But cool to see. I love the energy in that place. And again, Steve Kerr, his former uh, head assistant, Mike Brown. Like, I think Mike Brown. It, I've heard people say as as we all listen to the regular shows that that most of you listening to this know like everyone's saying well oh Mike Brown knows the schematics that Steve Kerr will run as he as Steve Kerr operates with their incredible team that they have you know three time champ in the last seven years but but I think what Mike Brown realizes is how to actually like maybe like handle Steph Curry in yeah. a defensive setting. Like what is he, what is Steph Curry and Clay Thompson like? What, what, what are the situations that they feel a little uncomfortable in? And I think that's showing in the first two games, right? Like I think Mike Brown, obviously being on the bench for the last three years with the, with the Golden State Warriors, like I think he realizes how to make Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson feel uncomfortable and maybe, maybe force them into shots. They don't want to take force them into positions on, the court they don't want to take and i think that showed in the first two games no i totally agree he blitzed steph curry at, at half court whenever curry brought the ball up right across uh mid court yeah. you would yeah. see him run a second guy at him so for example if devion mitchell was on him who by the way devion mitchell played well so good you know yeah. he, was, he was a stud at baylor always had that defensive uh prowess and you can really see it on display. Like, this team, he doesn't really need to be the prime. Like, he doesn't need to be a scorer. There's so mm-hmm. many other guys there. Mm-hmm. But that defensive uh, stability that he brings is so crucial to what they do at Sacramento. Great set of shoulders. Great set of shoulders. Great base as great, well. Great base. Can't ignore that. Great base. Hey. Shoulders and base? Man. Oh, what else do you need? Bottles and cans and just clap your hands. <laughs> Glutes, don't forget about them. Glutes and shoulders. Yeah, man. Don't skip leg dip glute day. Glutes and shoulders, what else is there? Put that on a (laughs) t-shirt. Efforting. We're going to make them. Coming soon. Coming soon. But uh, David Mitchell, they'd have him on him, and then they'd run someone else at it, and then they'd get the ball out of Steph Curry's hands. And then, you know, he's the most dangerous guy on the court. So you want him to be running around, running through screens, doing whatever it is to get space. If You don't want him in space, right? So they had a great game plan. They executed really well at home in Sacramento. And as well, I just want to talk about the De'Aaron Fox of it all. Mm-hmm. First of all, you talked about Mike Brown. Today we found out he was coach of the year, which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, unanimous coach of the year, by unanimous. the way. Unanimous. That says so much. Pretty cool. Yeah, really cool. And Sacramento Kings 29th. In defense, and and Mike Brown <laughs> still. still wins unanimous coach of the year. Proceed. <laughs> we score the most points, we win. Um, but yeah, so De'Aaron Fox, man, he's so... I kept hearing this uh, term this week, downhill. Like, he does look kind of like a running back. Like, he just gets ahead of steam, and then he's he's getting into the lane, and he's, mm-hmm. he's dropping floaters. You and I, off, cam- or off camera, off Mike have talked about... Guys we love that can hit floaters, Trey Young, De'Aaron Fox. I mean, we go back to Nash. Stevie, yeah. Yeah, Luca's got a nice little floater. But De'Aaron Fox, if he gets in that extended lane area inside of 15 feet, if he just gets a little bit of space, he just drops that teardrop in. It's a pretty shot, man. And you know what? They don't have an answer for him. I guess tonight they did enough He's to so stop him. He's so fast. He's so, so stinking fast. fast. Yeah. So fast. And it was one of those 
just briefly too, he's one of these guys that we, I've had eyes on him since he was at Kentucky. Kentucky, just a hotbed for talent. And Sorry, at Kentucky, did he go by D A A Ron or was it Darren? <laughs> was it D A A Ron? Darren, I believe. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> oh man, that's great. Um, he, he, you know, I remember vividly, like him, you know, in tears after they lost that that national championship game, and and the big thing a lot of people were saying was like the fact that he knew he was a one and done, but he cared that much. He's that competitive, and you can see it's come through in his his games now like um he's just got that it like mm-hmm. he's a really mm-hmm. special player it's really cool to see him blossom because he's always kind of been on the cusp of things and now i think it's all kind of coming to fruition it's great to see him you asked me about draymond a second ago i just want to piggyback on something that feels like so 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 long ago do you remember when draymond punched his teammate jordan pool in the face i <laughs> mean this season yeah that's what i mean <laughs> that was in exhibition like in training camp like october or something remember that video of that egregious act when draymond just absolutely strokes his teammate (laughs) like straight shot right in the nose i remember watching that and 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 just like trying to you know as a person who's been on some teams in their life like holy cow what a punch what an absolute sucker punch what a cheap move to do to an, uh, someone you're playing against the opposition let alone a teammate um draymond's got an, an air quotes a brother uh, someone you value um a guy you've spent a couple of years with just after that jordan Poole signs this huge ticket for the next six years like interesting interesting <laughs> a couple of quick points too draymond's probably got 30 40 pounds on pool sure Sure. Well, it's not the size of the fight. But, but it's not I'm the saying, size of the dog in the fight. It's the fight in the dog. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, like, there's a lot of things at play there. It's like, don't be a bully, period. Don't also hit your teammate. But also, come on, man. Like, you're going to, like, sucker punch a guy who's much smaller. I don't know. I got I got beef with that. But that brings me to another point. Is like, is this it for Draymond? Like, mm-hmm. it, like all right. Is he going to wash out now? After yeah. this, whatever happens to the dubs in the playoffs the rest of the way, does he, do they, do they decide to cut the cord with him? Like, is this the end of his, his sort of really prolific chapter? Does he move on and play with, I don't know, another team and, and have sort of his seventh, eighth, ninth inning that's not all that spectacular away from San Francisco? Well, it's really interesting because the the offensive skills have diminished. They're not there. He's not really a threat. He's getting layups and, and things like that, but he's not making jumpers. And he fits the scheme of what they do as kind of this point forward. And his defensive skills in that team that's a pretty small team, he, he, he is crucial to them. But I think if you take him and put him somewhere else, he might not be as valuable as a, as a player. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know his physical ability is going to be in decline as well. Are we going to see him in like San Antonio or like Detroit in a couple of years or a year or something? And probably, like, and I've heard like Steve Kerr, you know, unofficially saying I'm sick of Draymond shit. I heard that on a podcast this week hmm. and I imagine, I mean, Draymond's podcast. <laughs> well, that's the other thing. Draymond gets kicked out and then he's, you know, he's going to go podcast. All of this. Seems does he like- live pod after every game? Is that how he does it? I ha- actually, to be totally honest, I haven't listened to Draymond's pod. I-, yeah. I haven't listened to it, but does he, are they recording every night after every game? If so, I kind of like that. 
Like emotions are raw. <laughs> um, yeah. Juices are high. That's kind of cool. Like you get the real deal player impact. Yeah. I mean, but is that a liability? Like is yeah, that essentially a thing like, because yeah. like you said, the, the emotions are high. He's going to go in and he's just saying something like, you know, Sabonis was grabbing me in the in game one. I was just stepping, you know, I, I wasn't trying to stomp on him. Da, 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 da. And then like, I don't know if him and Poole have squashed it. I I hope at this point, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like, are, do do the guys want to put up with this shit? Basically, yep. do you want and like, yep. there's a stat I saw that was really interesting. Golden State Warriors down 0-2 in a series are 0 and nine. Hmm. They haven't won a series down where they've 0-2. been down 0-2. Interesting. Now they could rewrite rewrite history. It could be two two in a couple of days. It could be, and we're back on serve. You know they're at home. They just won two. Uh, they sent it to two one today. They're at home. They got that advantage. Sacramento mm-hmm. at home is a big advantage. But ultimately, Sacramento's the the higher seed. They're mm-hmm. gonna end up game seven if we get there in Sacta. So let's just play Jamal Stradamus, Justin Stradamus. Things don't go well. End of a dynasty here. They kick him to the curb. What do you think? Mm. Would you? Is it is the is all the juice is the juice worth the squeeze? Is all the noise worth all of it? You know what? I think at this point the juice is probably not same worth the squeeze. Same here. I, I think if they had a reasonable offer to move off of Draymond, I think they thank him for all his hard work, uh, thank him f- for how instrumental he's been to the championship years that they've had there in in Oakland now San Francisco. Um, you know, buy him some wonderful parting gifts because he has been such a key cog in that. And I think they they say goodbye him, let him go to Detroit or Memphis or wherever he's going to go on to for another chapter and collect a check. And then he's going to be on, uh, you know, sitting next to Shaq or TNT. TNT. That's that's where we're headed. I also love Andrew Wiggins kind of coming back into form, rounding into form with the dubs and, and what he can provide long lanky can hit the three can hit the mid-range can get to the hoop he had a nice block tonight he had a great block tonight i mean when when wiggy's on on his game he's he's he can play i just want to touch on quickly while we're talking um the sacramento kings again shout out to my boy mike bibby i used to write my math tests in grade 10 um vancouver grizzlies great and sacramento kings great mike bibby i used to write my math tests in grade 10 um, Justin brackets or air quotes, well, written quotes, I guess I should say. The second coming of Mike Bibby Kelly <laughs> in grade 10. I used to write that all the time, all the time. And uh, Mr. Erickson in grade 10 used to just look at me like, pass it back to me, slap, slap down the paper. C. Hey, Mike Bibby, you got another C. Get your shit together. <laughs> You and Mike Bibby probably got the same shoulders. Both of you guys are swole. <laughs> but I think that's where it stops, friend. Play point guard, too, maybe. Yeah, maybe the only two. I just want to touch on uh, some of the... the We talked Mike Brown, connected to Steve Kerr, now the HC in Sacramento. Um, longtime Canadian national team coach, former Toronto Raptors head coach, Jay Triano, the lead assistant with Mike Brown. Nice. In Sacramento, and you know who's the other, the other one of the other assistants to Mike Brown in Sacramento? I was mentioning former Sacramento King players, uh, Jackie Christie's husband, Doug. <laughs> what a roundabout way to say Doug Christie. Well, if you remember, I remember blow that kiss when you shoot them free throws, son. 
Jackie Christie's husband, Doug, who was a longtime broadcaster with the Sacramento Kings until Mike Brown got the job. He moved from the broadcast booth and the headset like you and I, and he moved in to the assistance chair. Jackie must have okayed that and gave him the triple green light to get in there and slide <laughs> in beside my boy Jay. Hey, Doug, uh, you know, we're in Miami this weekend for the game. You want to go out afterwards? No, nah, man, I got to go back to the hotel. Jack's no, with no. me. I'm flying my I'm flying my wife everywhere that we go. Oh, <laughs> do you, like, get any time with her? Ah! We get a couple of lousy pub meals, but uh, not much. <laughs> not much. Oh, do you want to come out with us? As you said, do you want to come out? With- oh, no, I'd love to, but I'm pre-game with my wife and then post-game with my wife. I'd love, love to hang out with the fellas and develop that little com- camaraderie, but ah, Jackie doesn't like it. <laughs> he never had that Andre Karolinko deal. He didn't. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> the annual uh, hall pass he that AK forty seven had. He didn't have the. He didn't have the hall. He, pass. he never had that. He had the. Uh... Speaking of feature films, the uh, <laughs> Owen Wilson. He didn't have the hall pass. I also um, think it's important to remember that, like, I love the juice and and the energy. We were just talking about Draymond and how he got tangled up with um, Demantis Sabonis. I think it's important to remember how he was a key cog with the Pacers and that trade for Tyrese Halliburton to bring Sabonis back. Like, big trade for both teams. Two good young players, cornerstone cornerstone pieces to swap those pieces. Almost a win-win trade in this case. And I just love the energy that Sabonis plays with. Went to Gonzaga, like, you know, know that sort of European sensibility, takes no shit, um, has a wonderful touch around the hoop, tough as nails. I like watching him play. I don't always enjoy watching watching the big man or woman play, but I, lo- I like watching him play. Can't pass the rock like his old man with the Blazers, but I like watching him play. <laughs> yeah, he's a more fleet of the foot, his old man, but I agree. And after the, I saw the the you know, interview he did after the game and it was really great. He was just like, they're asking about Draymond kind of goading him to kind of say something. He didn't say, Nope. He was like, just ball. We're just playing ball, playoff basketball. That's what happens. And I love that. I love that. Let's, let's keep it in the Western conference. Let's talk a little Nugs V T Wolf, JC. You catch any Nugs V T Wolves late last night? By the way, the best part of Nugs V T Wolves is our man, our mutual friend, Gus Johnson on the call doing play-by-play with TNT. <laughs> Rising fire! <laughs> Definitely one of our favorite play-by-play guys. Love Gus. Yeah, I caught a little bit of the game. You know, we had said before when we were doing our, you know, kind of preview last week where we said... Survive in advance! <laughs> we said Denver was going to beat whoever they came up against. Yeah. And it, if you can be such, I think that Denver is a number one seed flying like flying under the radar. I know that's a bit of a oxymoron or what have you, a paradox. Yeah, but I think a lot of teams are always you know looking, or a lot of people in the press are talking about Golden State, Sacramento, the Lakers, Memphis, Phoenix. They're talking about all these teams, these hot teams in the West, and just the kind of teams with the star power. Don't overlook Denver, man. Yeah. yeah. You can't overlook Denver. Jokic, one of the best players in the league the past few years. Look, he, MVP last two years. Yeah, exactly. And he didn't even play that well in uh, one of these games, and they still got by you know, this Minnesota team. They're up 2-0. I guess they'll, they'll uh, go to Minnesota this weekend. Mm-hmm. And Bubble Jamal, he's mm-hmm. back. He's back. You, I mean, sorry, excuse me, me and 
Jamal Murray had good days yesterday. It was my birthday, and Jamal played like it was his birthday. He dropped 40. Is Jamal Murray a double A, Jamal, like you? Single A. Single A? Single A. Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah, unfortunate. Bad. Yeah. The pride of Pickering, Ontario, Jamal Murray. He had 40 yesterday. From the start, he scored their first basket and just looked good. He looked tuned in. He looked locked in. And I think, honestly, this Denver team is going to go as far as he can take them because he's that X factor. I think I saw a You think he's today. the X factor, not Jokic? Jokic, again, is the two-time MVP. He had 29-9-9 and yesterday. Yeah, that's fair. Not, th- a, not a bad evening. Yes. I think it's Murray, though. Mm. I mm. think Jokic is a tough matchup for everyone, um, pretty much. I mean, you can even see uh, uh, Rudy Gobert, which we'll talk about in a minute. But you can see Gobert still... No, Rudy Gobert is swimming on Jokic. He doesn't have a chance. He doesn't no. have a sniff of what's happening. And if Gobert doesn't have the answer, you know, a lot of guys are not going to have the answer for mm-hmm. Jokic. Point center. He's a unique player. We really haven't seen many, if any, like him. Yep. But I think it's Murray. Because I think they need... Because like, Jokic, he can get, you know, into the deep 20s there with his scoring and stuff. But I think he's more of a facilitator. Yep. And I think that... Murray's got to pour in the buckets. You know, MPJ, Michael Porter Jr. is going to shoot. And if he stays healthy, he can hit the good buckets. Space Cadet, though. Yeah. I'm kind of, he's more of like a third, fourth option for me. I like Bruce Brown, actually. I like the energy he brings. He'll mm-hmm. sneak in, drop a dunk on your head. And you know then- who I love on the Nugs? Jeff Green. <laughs> How long has Jeff Green been in the NBA? He, I think he turned 43 yesterday, too, just like you. <laughs> Jeff Green has been in the NBA forever, Jeff Green. I mean... I love seeing Jeff Green still get burned at... I think he's 36, 37. He's yeah. still getting burned, Jeff Green. He dunked on somebody earlier this year, and I didn't even Playing know... Playing great, Jeff Green. He still had the ability to do so. Yeah. But I will say, just briefly, I, I do think Murray is the X Factor, but as well, I got to give my flowers to Gordon. Aaron Gordon has been great, mm. and mm. I think... He plays so well with Jokic because he does a lot of things. Jokic is not the most athletically gifted, but no. I think Gordon can kind of make up for some of that difference with his ability. He's a high flyer. But Jokic can can pass the rock almost like, you know, we just talked about um, Sabonis's dad, Arvidas. Yeah. Like, you know, that's an apt comparison. He sees over the defense. Oh, he he's absolutely like, you know, pick pinpoint accuracy setting the table for his teammates as a seven footer as well as scoring like he's he's one of a kind thus again why he's the two-time mvp i've heard some of his teammates in interviews just say it's so easy playing with him nice. like they've played in other places like aaron and aaron gordon. gordon would love that a guy who can feed him the rock in the perfect spot yeah, yeah. yes please i think yeah i think this denver team could go far they're like kind of just like i said like under the radar, there's a lot of fuss about these other teams and kind of the sexy matchups and things like that. But I think Denver is going to go far with it. And I think Minnesota doesn't have the answer. Minnesota was up late, mm-hmm. I think, with like six minutes left. They were up in this game. And it wasn't like a stellar game for, for Denver. And they still didn't get it done. Gobert, that trade just looks worse and worse every stinking day. And Edwards doing what he can, but I just don't. Forty, he had forty-one yesterday. Yeah, I just don't think they have enough. I don't think they have enough to get by. What about our guy Mike Conley Jr.? He had a nice little floater. I saw early on. He's he's doing well. I mean, Kyle Anderson's hairline. Kyle Anderson's hairline travels more than. (laughs) 
Giannis. I don't know. I got nothing. What about Cat? How do you feel about Cat? Former number one overall pick. Softer than a baby's ass. Yeah, he doesn't go inside. He doesn't go inside. He gets in yeah. foul trouble when he does yeah. go inside, and yeah. I just got problems with him. He can hit threes, but you're almost seven feet tall. I want more from you. Yeah. So, two two nothing right now. Two bagel for the Nugs at this point. We'll see what happens when they go back to the Target Center in Minnesota. Don't you know? Maybe maybe the T Wolves <laughs> grab one. Craig Kilborn would like that. My maybe guy, a gentleman sweep. Would like that. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, that's fair. But honestly, I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say uh, get the brooms out. Denver in four. We were talking about Jamal, one of your favorite Canadians. I want to bounce to another Canadian player, plays for the Memphis Grizzlies. He's been called Villain Brooks. His government name is Dylan Brooks. I want to talk about the the Villain Brooks of it all. Mm. Memphis and the Lakers. First game, Lakers had four guys with 20-plus points. Austin Reeves, Hillbilly Kobe, as I call him, put on a show. He had an amazing behind-the-back pass. He was getting buckets where he want. At one point, he was caught on camera saying, I'm him. (laughs) (laughs) LeBron James and AD on your team, and you're screaming, I'm him. Yeah. I love that. That's brassy. (laughs) No... Void of confidence. Must have been 420 when he was screaming that. <laughs> so the Lakers come out. They they get one. Uh, Memphis. Morant hurts his, his uh, wrist and yep. hand in the first game. Memphis comes back last night. Takes care of business. Triple J. Villain Brooks. Villain Brooks after the game talking a lot of shit about what most people think is the best player ever to play basketball mr lebron james with his white rim sunglasses and his stoic demeanor chest hair just protruding out yeah just looking like a like just general full heel he has full gone heel. full fucking heel he's like a flashier younger version of draymond yeah in my mind he's like he, yeah. he thinks who's a better player draymond yeah i think that the iq yeah. draymond has a better basketball iq yeah. <laughs> not not like some of his he makes bad choices don't get me wrong he makes a lot of bad choices otherwise but like i think just the the ability to find someone on like a backdoor cut the shot selection draymond but dylan brooks jacks up a lot of bad threes let's and, be honest and, and he's draymond, like a fourth option on to that his team. credit draymond is super unselfish and and quite a team player plays defense passes the rock sets guys up like yeah. dylan brooks doesn't have that as he just said he's not afraid to cast a bad three yeah, it's it's he shoots a lot of bad threes. He's a good defender, but listen here, just I just want to say, you gotta you gotta walk it before you talk it. Yeah. Dylan Brooks hasn't done a lot, and you're you're. I didn't like the he made a comment last night in his presser. I didn't like how we called LBJ old, not only because L, LBJ and I are about the same age. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe partly. Yeah, but I didn't like that saying. You know, he's old. Like, don't. Don't crack on on air quotes the old guy. Yeah, I mean that's a top three player, top five player of all time. You know, like again, he's gone full heel. I actually really appreciate and really love and like and enjoy that Dylan Brooks is villain Brooks has gone full heel. Yeah, but pick your spots. It's you like- want to shit talk Austin Reeves? Don't call me Bryant. Go for it. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I, I was looking at you know scrolling through social media and i was just thinking oh man 
Dylan Brooks versus the internet now because everybody because the line the, the line I'm paraphrasing was something to the effect of like yeah I'm not gonna respect him until he gives me 40 meaning like he wants LeBron to come in and drop 40 on him which LeBron doesn't need to go in and drop 40 LeBron does a lot of other things but anyway but don't go asking for it don't go asking for it as you're going back to LA because you're gonna get like, it you're gonna get you're it. gonna get it and I just like all of the like anonymous eggs on the internet want LeBron to just drop 40 on Dylan Brooks this weekend. I would love, I don't even like LeBron, mm-hmm. but just for like the, the, the theater, the histrionics, the drama, mm-hmm. I want it to happen. Yeah, me too. Me too. Phil, or Phoenix Clips, who are you rooting for? Phoenix. I'm going with the Clips. We still got a 20 bagel on that. I th- think we still have a 20 on that. I'm a little worried for you because Kawhi didn't play tonight due to a knee injury. Paul George is still sitting on the bench, too. Mm-hmm. Are those guys going to come back? I mean, load management all-stars. It's time for them to <laughs> yeah. it's time for them to shine. Do they realize that we can no longer manage the load that way? <laughs> With the New Balance sneaks on? Kawhi, get out there! I mean, you know, Charles Barkley has said it before. He's like, you got to play games to be in shape and this stuff. And, like, you know, it's... I don't know. I'm worried about them. I will say on this series, too, just a couple of quick hitters. Kudos, flowers to Russ, man. Russ Westbrook, I think he won. I won't say he won, but he was pivotal in that game one. But just with his defense, his Mm -hmm. energy, his resiliency. I think he was like three for 19 in the game. But he made plays when he had to. That guy has just so much drive and athletic talent. And just... I don't know if anybody fights as hard as he does. I, it's debatable if anybody has as much desire. I mean, he he's got so much shit this year too. Yeah. As I said to you uh, via text the other night, like people forget he was MVP of the league and averaging a triple double like four or five years ago. And <laughs> yeah. and at the time that was that was unheard of. That was unseen at the time. Like no one had done that before. And just an absolute physical freak. The speed which which with he moves was unbelievable. He will not hesitate to show his abs pregame, by the way. He loves a midriff shirt. Didn't see you going there, but I like it. But you know what? If I looked like that, I'd yeah. never wear a fucking shirt. Hell yeah. Two degrees outside, Jamal, no shirt. 30 degrees outside, Jamal, no shirt. So good Jamal on Jamal on the Russ. tennis court? No two shirt. Degrees? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, credit to him. Uh, I just want to throw some plaudits as well, like, KD's figuring it out. I think CP3 is kind of adjusting to this new role. He's never had this allotment of talent around him, I think, if you really look at it. But I just want to shine a light on my guy, Devin Booker. I love Devin Booker. He dropped, what was it, 38 the other night, I believe. And he's doing it all kinds of ways. He can hit your three. He can smooth just, just take you to the hole. He got that mid-range we talked about, just like our girl Natalie. So I just love Devin Booker and what he brings. He can bring the ball up up the court. He's 6'5", kind of a sneaky 6'5". Another Kentucky guy. Another Kentucky guy. So, yeah. He Um, had 45 tonight. D-Book had 45 tonight. Damn. Yeah. (laughs) Nothing to sneeze at. There's nothing to sneeze at. He gets it done, man. He's just so stinking smooth. That hair is always looking perfect, by the way. Talking about... Crispy lines. Hairlines. Yeah. Never falters. Yeah. Let's move to the east real quick. Um, you know, 
Philly and Boston, I don't really need to spend much the, time. The here. East doesn't do a lot for me, JC. Ooh. It doesn't do a lot for me. I don't I don't have the grab like of the Western Conference like I do in the East. The only thing I'm excited about tomorrow night is um seeing the New York Knicks back in the garden, back in the Mecca tomorrow night. Bing on, bong. On a Friday night in Madison Square Garden. Spike's going to be front row. Spike, lots of celebs are going to be there. We're going to need the celeb counter. I love the celeb counter, the little shots. Pete Davidson probably in the house. Who knows? <laughs> who knows who he's with? Um, but the Knicks in the garden in the playoffs for the first time since dot, dot, dot. On a Friday night, that place is going to be bumping it's gonna be great that series is great is it one all right now i believe yes. cleveland they wore them out last game you can see if brunson can just continue just you know getting it done at home mm-hmm. i love this series i think we had something going i think this series is gonna go seven yeah i think it's gonna go seven yeah um philly and boston uh, philly yeah. kind of mucked it up a bit tonight they yeah. The Nets showed their amateur hour skills. They had some times down the stretch they could have got it done. Philly got it done. There were some things. Harden got ejected. But end of the day, 3-0. I think we're headed for Philly and Boston. I think both these teams going to do it in four. Yeah. Boston. So looking forward to that next round. We'll talk about that a little bit more. Miami-Milwaukee has been a bit interesting just because Giannis. We were talking about earlier one of our favorite movies. Half baked. I want to talk to Samson. <laughs> Giannis, doctor said I need a bacchiotomy. Yeah, he does need a bacchiotomy. He's been he's been injured, had that back spasms or what have you in the first yeah, game, yeah. I believe. And Milwaukee got it done handily last night. Miami's such a Jekyll and Hyde team. Yeah, they can just show up one Who night. Who knows? Who knows? And just be on fire, and the next night they can't get a bucket at all. They're super old. You just don't know what's going to happen. Kyle Lowry's ass, Jimmy rocks, <laughs> Tyler the swimmer hero. Like you, you do never know what you're going to get. Hero broke his hand, so he's out right now at the moment. So it's it's tough. I mean. Oh. Kyle doesn't skip glute day if you count donuts, but... That's a base. He's got a base. A natural base. <laughs> Miami base. Miami base. Uncle Luke. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I'm curious. I, st- I think Milwaukee st- gets it done. I think it's an ugly six-game series. Yeah. I think they get it done. That series is not getting a whole lot of my eyeballs, if I'm being honest. I'll watch a fourth quarter, but I'm not... That's not tuned-in TV for me. No, I love being on the West Coast, and that's a 4 o'clock or a 4.30 start. Uh, you know, doing the midweek, but uh, I'm not really that into the game. Let's take a break. Let's take a break. with Justin and Jamal. Episode 10, April 20th. The kids call it 420. We just talked some NBA playoffs. Jamal, let's talk NHL playoffs. Earlier tonight, the Toronto Maple Leafs in the, the mecca of the hockey world. The mecca of the hockey world. They tie the series up with the Ning, the Tampa Bay Ning. <laughs> 
They tie that series up. Last night, you and I were texting, watching a little bit of the Oilers, the Edmonton Oilers and the LA Kings. Shout out to our brewer friend, Matt. Shout out to Matt the Brewer and uh, many others, especially those listening in Edmonton, some of my pals listening in Edmonton. And again, we appreciate all the years and the and the time spent with your driving, your cleaning your car, your, you're out for a run or you're avoiding the kids. Again, we appreciate all the listens. <laughs> and we really do get us on Instagram, the Sports Gloss. The NHL playoffs, JC, that first round of the NHL playoffs. Now, again, I am a hockey guy. I play hockey. I love hockey. But it's 82 games. It's a hard slog. We get to the playoffs, man, and all of a sudden, my interest is totally spiked. I am entrenched in the NHL playoffs. I'm loving it. I'd love to see the Leafs eh, kind of stub their toe and, and fall to Tampa Bay. Ooh. I'm into, without the Canucks in the in the playoffs, Again, I just said I got some connective tissue to Edmonton. And I think this might be the year. A lot of talk. A lot of excitement around the Oilers. They got Dreisaitl. They got McJesus. That'll, that that barn, that what was formerly known as Rexall, whatever is known as now. I mean, that looks exciting. What's standing out to you through a couple of games in the NHL season? How about the Boston Bruins? They won 65 games in the regular season. Here they are now battling with the Florida Panthers. What have what's noticeable to you so far, JC? Boston. The big thing is going across sports. You're thinking, okay, are they going to be the 2007 New England Patriots? Are they going to be the 2015-16 Golden State Warriors? And what I mean by that is setting records in the regular season for wins, and then kind of falling short when it comes up to the playoffs and the postseason. Yep. So is Boston going to get it done? One all. You know, they lost one at home. It's always bad to split. They're one of the favorites, for sure. Definitely. They've been riding that wave. I'm curious to see if they can get it done. I mean, really, I feel like this is Boston versus the world. Boston versus the field as far as who you're going to take to win the Stanley Cup this year. So it's going to be interesting to see if they can rebound, get back on track. And as well, like you said, I mean, proximity to where we are. Curious about Seattle. See I'm, I'm into the Kraken. I'm yeah. into the Kraken. See if they can get it done. I'm Surprising the defending champs, the Colorado Avalanche in the first game. Tonight, the Avalanche win to tie up the series 1-1. I like the juice that the Kraken have. Coming back home on Saturday night, first ever playoff game Ooh. in Seattle for the Kraken. It's going to be rocking. The cheapest ticket to get into Climate Pledge Arena on Saturday night to watch the first ever Seattle Kraken playoff game. 264 American today to get into Climate Pledge Arena. I checked that out for you and I. Almost put it on the expense account of the gloss to get us in there for Saturday. <laughs> Clipper ride too, little international waters. But yeah, pretty cool. I mean... We talked about last week the way the Vegas Golden Knights kind of built that early, early infrastructure and attachment to the community. I would love to see the Kraken at least give, again, the defending champs a series. Pretty, It'd be pretty neat if they pushed it to six or seven, had the interest. Brandon Tanev tonight scoring goals and blowing kisses. I'm into the Kraken, man. For sure. And like everybody loves a winner. If they can have some success, people will definitely latch on. I mean, they're the biggest game in town, really. Obviously, you have the Sounders, but they're kind of falling on hard times at the moment. 
Mariners are early. Mariners are early. They've still got like 360 games this year. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. XFL's Seattle Sea Dragons. Oh yeah, haven't quite hit their stride. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's funny. I've, this time of year, if you're in Seattle, I think it's like you're usually thinking Mariners and thinking next week draft and NFL draft. Sure. Especially when you get the five number five pick, which we'll talk about next week if you're the Seahawks. But anyway. It's cool just to see this this vibe that's uh that's you know going through Seattle right now and just the region is permeating. We said we had kids walking down the street rocking the the big yep. S on their shirt. And and this is year two. Also, I think Seattle and the surrounding areas doesn't get enough credit for. I mean, their junior hockey teams there, the Seattle Thunderbirds, the Everett Silver Tips. I'm blanking on the other one, but that area, there are some hockey people there, right? And and there are some hockey fans that are entrenched in the sport. And now that this, they have this team at the highest level and they're doing so well in their second year, I think it's, I think it's only going to prove to be a great success. And again, if they go six or seven games, I think that's going to be really neat for the Kraken. Yeah, I think a team that comes to mind, I think uh, Eastern, further east in Washington State is Tri-Cities, maybe? Thank you, the so Tri-City team, Americans. Yeah, Thank WHL you, yeah. Team. yeah. Good one. So, but yeah, I would love to see them have some success. It's always great, in my opinion, when you have a, a, fran- a, a new franchise that has some success early on, and then, boom, got a new market that's in the fold. Us Canucks fans up here in in the Pacific Northwest, a little northern, a little more north in the Pacific Northwest, just jealous as hell. Like us Canucks fans would <laughs> give anything. I'd cut off a toe to be watching the Canucks in the first round right now, and it's not even close. It's not even close. And yeah. here the Kraken are in their second year of existence. Speaking of franchises that are new and making a bit of waves, I want to talk about what happened in Oakland today. Mm. Yeah, let's dive into that. I'm oh, just a big sigh, just a moment to let it let it breathe. I'm gonna pour one out mm-hmm. for my 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 boys, my girls in Oakland, because you're gonna unfortunately lose another franchise. Damn. Oakland A's made it public today that they purchased some land off the Las Vegas Strip, mm-hmm. and the, they will eventually be moving the franchise to Las Vegas. So. If you're keeping score at home, your Raiders, gone. To Vegas. Your Golden State Warriors, gone. San Francisco, seven miles west. And now, Oakland A's, gone. Also to Vegas. It's tough. I lived in Oakland. It's a big sports town. There's lots of vibes there. It's a vibrant town. Justin and I were talking about earlier off mic about... Our experiences, respectively, in that town. It's a diverse place. Lots of great energy. It's mm-hmm. there's, it's a gritty city. Like I, I like Oakland. It's cool, man. It kind of reminds me of a lot of East Coast towns in that respect, where it's a very just kind of gritty place, all walks of life, kind of coming together in a confluence of energy. And as well, um, people are really passionate about their sports there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, I just want to take a moment and talk about this. Like... The Warriors were there for so many years at Oracle. We believe Warriors, Captain Jack, Steven Jackson, all those guys. We saw the evolution of things with this homegrown, so to speak, talent, which you often don't see in the NBA these days where yep. they, they draft Clay, they draft Steph, and not that order, but they draft all these guys. They, they come up, they win, they do what they got to do. 
and become kind of a marquee franchise in the NBA. And then they moved to San Francisco, kind of at the peak of their powers there. Mm-hmm. After they, they won the championship last year, I know they moved before the championship, but still chasing chasing dollars to some yeah. degree. But not that we're blaming him for that. And in that sense, like I mean, people are going to make this new amazing stadium for them again, seven miles west. I mean, that's yeah probably a sensible move for the Warriors. It feels less so for the A's though. The A's, yeah, I've been to some A's games, and it's one of those things where they've they never seem to fill the arena. Like it's like I've gone to A's games with like nine thousand people there, five thousand people there. I got a great A's story for mm. you, a little mm. bit of story time. One time, just to kind of give you a vibe in the Bay Area and the A's. This is probably like two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Had a friend uh, who came up. I'm not gonna name him, but he uh, was working at Facebook. I think. He was one of these early Facebook pay- people. I think on his card, the number of employment was less than 40, just to give you Damn. like where he got in. Stock options? Question mark? I'm, he's doing well. Yeah. Stock Good options. on him. I think he's, he's got a nice place in Noe Valley right now in San Francisco. If that rings any bells for people at home. But uh, we went to an Hayes game. It was a day game, and there was like... It was one of those situations where you could like almost call across the stands and like chat with people. You know, it was day game. People were day drinking, pretty rowdy, fun. which is really fun. Yeah. Sunny, you know, like nothing like getting drunk in the in the sunshine. Mm. Kind of accelerates the process, if you know. And um, I remember we went back to our crib, and we were just kind of hanging out in the little grassy area in front of our apartment in Oakland. And then my guy passed out for like an hour after knocking back a few pops. Mm. And then uh, he kind of came to and woke up, and it was probably like, I don't know, 4 or 5 o'clock on a Saturday. Jeez, early. And my guy says, uh, just going to get a, a Bart back to uh, Palo Alto. Facebook will do my laundry and feed me. <laughs> I'm out. Really? My dude. And sauntered off. And just walks in the direction of the BART and goes back and just gets pampered by uh, Zuckerberg and friends. Dang, meta, that meta life. That meta life. But that's just kind of indicative, I think, of just the Bay Area. It's like we have a great time. We're out kind of just keeping it low-key, keeping it raw, having fun, day drinking at a, a game in the Oakland Coliseum. And then people. But what, just... but what a contrast, Jamal, between the the San Francisco Giants. Oh yeah. And the oh A's, God. right? Like it's you know, to me, I've been to a couple of games that was what was formerly known at AT and T Park. I've been there. I think it's now Oracle. But what a contrast, um, you know, sort of the the haves and the have-nots there between the Giants oh, and the yeah. A's, right? And how can you not root for those those plucky underdogs? All those teams that Bob Melvin, the manager, had for all those years, they're in the playoffs all the time. The bullpen's down the side. Just a couple uh, days ago, they had a possum stuck in... Do you know about this? <laughs> Sorry. They had a possum stuck in the, the visiting team's play-by-play booth, so the, the radio play-by-play and analyst had to move to another office or whatever. Like, just sort of holding on by a thread money ball in full effect still all these year later years later shout out to jonah hill right yeah no i agree and just to swoop back into uh, 
you know, the past and, and kind of go down that lane. There's so many memories I have of looking back and seeing the Bash Brothers. Yeah, nice. Jason Giambi. Yeah, Jason Giambi, uh, Mark McGuire, Mark McGuire yeah. Jose Canseco, mm-hmm. even going further back, like, uh, or maybe in that same era, Dave Stewart. Nice. Dennis Eckersley. Nice. Like, just so many iconic guys coming through. Very historic franchise. Rolly Fingers. Yeah, man. Elephant on the hat. The A is there. Green yeah. and yellow. It's synonymous with, with greatness in so many um, times during the 90s. We're forgetting maybe the biggest A of all time. Who's that? Ricky Henderson. Oh, Ricky. I used to live near Ricky's. Uh, there's a park like named after him in, in Oakland. I used to so live there should be Alcatraz and Telegraph uh, area, if you know there. And yeah, I used to go like kick soccer balls over there. But as Ricky, I mean, is there anything Ricky, like I Ricky? I am the greatest. I mean, speaking about yourself in the third person, I love all that. the time, <laughs> all the time. He would like hit. I think he has the record. Maybe it still stands for most leadoff homers. Sure. Like. That just, yeah. I remember like he made stealing bases sexy. Oh, like it's like who steals bases now? But like back then it was like Jose Canseco, like being like a 40 40 guy, like homers yep. and steals and yep. things like that. Ricky even doing more before that. And just Ricky being Ricky. Ricky being Ricky. It does seem there is a little bit of a rub there for me, Jamal. Like all these teams going to Vegas, especially those two teams. Yeah. Excuse me, leaving, leaving Oakland to go to Vegas. We're leaving the beautiful Lake Merritt district, right? We talked about our mutual admiration of Lake Merritt. Becky at the barbecue, beware. And we're going to Vegas? Vegas? I don't know, man. I've never been to Las Vegas, so I don't pretend to have any idea what the landscape is there. But we're moving teams there. Vegas is built on sand, for God's sake. We built this city. It's built on sand. I love the movie (laughs) Casino. Top three for me. Oh, but but eh, five. But I don't know. I feel bad. We just talked about the history of that franchise in Oakland, and mm, it feels it feels wrong. Like, eh, yeah, it does feel wrong. Yeah. To to I we were just ta- this... sorry. We were just talking about the Seattle Kraken. Yeah. You and I have talked about my affinity and love and nostalgia for the Vancouver Grizzlies. One of my first loves. And how can you not feel bad for mm. a, an area, a fan base, a community? That's going to have a team that's been entrenched there for a while and just and just ripped and removed out. Like, yeah, shout that, out to Supersonics fans. That hurts. That hurts. It does. And the like Montreal Expos come to mind. Sure. Winnipeg Jets got their team back from Atlanta. Was it Thrashers? Maybe Quebec Nordiques. Yeah, Quebec Nordiques. Like all these teams that have, or all these, I should say, cities that have lost these franchises that are near and dear to their hearts. And this one is right up there. I mean, and the Raiders, man, what a flirtation. What a what an interesting situation. Oakland, L.A., Oakland, mm-hmm. Vegas. Mm-hmm. And, gosh, it hurts, man. I went to a Raiders game. I went to a Raiders game in Oakland Coliseum, and it was a unique experience. Just walking around, tailgating people, just <laughs> in the ether, kind of behind you just here. Raiders. If you know, you know. Just so much. People passing you a bush light, a Coors, or something like that. Sure. Don't even know you, but the camaraderie is there. People have been there all morning for a 1 a.m. game, waiting all day for a Sunday afternoon. 1 p.m. game. 
Yeah, thank you. One AM wouldn't fit Raiders fans, yeah. but wouldn't fit the NFL schedule. Yeah, apologies. Um, but yeah, vibes. Just so many vibes. Getting off that Bart at the Coliseum, walking. Love the Bart. Yeah, walking down through like that kind of fenced in gated area you just hear raiders which is like as shrill as demar de rosen's daughter for certain people in the world yeah but um yeah it's man all those those things are gonna go away it's it's really kind of sad at the same time very sad yeah the a's ownership could have done better the city maybe could have worked with them and done a little bit better i think that's an understatement on both of those yeah for sure so that that stings a bit but it's interesting man vegas is getting all these teams and eventually they're gonna have an an nba team lebron's kind of spoke it into existence and i think it's gonna happen and it's so wild because if you'd have told me 10 15 years ago or even when i was a kid that there'd be a team like there'd be so many franchises in vegas i would have laughed i wouldn't have believed it all the stigma attached with being in vegas mm-hmm. the the gambling aspects yep. of yep. it and and it's yeah. all shifted it's all changed it's drastically wild. in the last couple of years drastically wild. yeah yeah money talks man money yeah. really does talk we should talk about in the in a future pod, we should talk about this new world of sports betting here. We're constantly oh, yeah. inundated now with sports betting advertisement. No matter where you live, what province, what state, you are being hit with that at all times. And it comes across your feed. And that's... Let's talk about that next week, JC, because there's... There's a lot there to unpack and, and everyone's got a different opinion on it. And, and ah, man, that's... Yeah, there's layers to that cake. For sure. We're just inundated with it all the time. It's become kind of a normalized thing. Really would love to unpack it because, yeah, I'm seeing Aaron Paul, the Breaking Bad fame. I'm seeing the guy who I don't know because I'm not super Canadian, but <laughs> but the guy that was on TSN Sports. Oh, Dan Center. O'Toole. Yeah, Dan O'Toole. Ex-athletes are all just like peddling different things. Do a parlay here. Do this there. So... I'd love to unpack that in the future. Mm, Yes, yes, sports betting. The world of sports betting in the last couple of years has just, you know, continued to multiply and multiply. It's it's crazy. We don't die, we multiply. We don't die, we multiply. That wraps episode 10 of the Sports Gloss with Justin and Jamal. Playoffs in full swing. Birthday parties in full swing. Get that ice cream cake in ya. As always, JC. Survive in advance. We'll see you next week. Peace.